Today we are privileged to have Dr. Warner Woodworth online as our guest. Dr. Woodworth has created more non-government organizations, done more good for people in poverty and charitable institutions than any person I know, and I know a lot of people. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Warner. Hey, thanks, Larry. Good to be with you. Just get the doctor. Just call me Warner. Okay. Let me give you a little bit of information about Warner. In 1980, after working heavily to help institute the employee-owned business system in America, he turned to the global poor to design and teach the first U.S. courses in microcredit and social entrepreneurship using sustainable business strategies topics now taught at over 600 American college campuses. With collaborators, he founded and or has served on the boards of 41 non-government organizations, including Mentors International in seven countries, the Alessubugu Alliance in Mali, Unitas in 23 nations, and Help International in 16 countries. With major donors, they have generated sustainable development systems by fostering tens of millions of microenterprises and communal banks, building village schools, creating health services, empowering women, developing square foot gardening technologies, improving child nutrition, and providing literacy programs and disaster recovery, and rebuilding efforts after massive destruction from hurricanes, earthquakes, droughts, flooding, volcanoes, tsunamis, and civil conflicts. In 2019 alone, the NGOs and co-ops he and associates established during past decades grew to over 7.6 million clients living sustainably in a single year. At the time, they collectively raised $28 million and trained over 348 thousand micro entrepreneurs before COVID-19 slowed things down. Warner has been honored with the Faculty Pioneer Award for Global Impacts from the Aspen Institute in New York City, the Social Entrepreneurship Teaching Award at the Skoll World Forum at Oxford University, and he was the first Peter Drucker visiting scholar and in social entrepreneurship at the Drucker School in Claremont University in Los Angeles, plus many more recognitions. He was also appointed by Nobel Peace Prize laureate Mohammed Yunus to the advisory board of Grameen America in New York City. After decades of being an MBA professor at the Marriott School of Business at Brigham Young University. He's now a visiting faculty member at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, but spends most of his time and energy doing pro bono NGO consulting and laboring in impoverished villages across the world. And I need to say he is the author of multiple books, some of my favorite, Working Towards Zion. He just is coming out with Radiant Zion. He's a prolific author, 360 articles. And I just mentioned a couple of the visiting professorships. He has been a visiting professor on five continents. This is our guest today, Warner Woodworth, and we're going to talk about building charitable non-government organizations. Thank you. Did I miss anything, Warner? Yep, you're perfect. That was good. So let's start with, why did you decide to get involved in creating and building non-government organizations, or as we'll use in the podcast, 
NGOs? Well, I, I grew up with a bunch of values in my life that emphasized helping others, especially the poor. And I spent two and a half years in Brazil as a young man where I saw tremendous poverty and suffering. And then while I was getting my PhD in Ann Arbor at the University of Michigan, I worked with lots of folks across the U.S. as a consultant helping communities, especially the poor in those communities, to become more self-sufficient or self-reliant. And as I began lecturing as an MBA professor, I was inspired, I believe, to use my time and energy as much as I could in mobilizing friends, family, students, wealthy neighbors, etc., school teachers, doctors, and other MDs, homemakers, and so forth, to rise up and become more aware of the global realities of suffering. And as I prayed and thought about those difficult challenges, I began to realize we need to start our own little movement. And it became a big movement eventually. But besides donating to the United Nations or USAID or my church, I felt we could take initiative and create new grassroots programs and strategies. So that's how it got started. An inspiring story. And and seriously, when I listen to you, it just moves my heart. We have people who their dream is to create or build their own NGO, as you have advised others. So Kiswa and Mindy and all the others who have told us this is your dream, this podcast is really for you. Warner, what advice do you have for our listeners who want to start an NGO or have started one and want it to grow? And, and as he told me earlier, he could spend six hours on this topic alone, listeners. He's going to give us a condensed, condensed view. But later I'm going to have him recommend where you can go to learn more. So go ahead, Warner. Sounds good. Yeah. I think what you need most importantly is passion and a willingness to try things. Because I remember being told by university officials and some of my business friends who run companies, you can't start your own little project, Warner. It'll never work. Just give your money to the big boys. They'll take care of everything. And when I looked at the big boys and looked at their books and their records and what they do with their money, I saw a lot of their money going to overhead, business expenses to their offices, to their cars, to their trips, their first-class hotels when they visited Brazil or Guatemala or South Africa. And I said, we can do this in a more efficient, strategic way by starting small and not plowing a bunch of money into overhead. And so I would say start small. Don't be afraid. Take wise risks, not 
not dumb risk, not stupid risk, but wise strategies. Uh, I often use phrases like, if we build it, they will come. It won't come if you don't build it. Or another is taking small steps, and if you make a misstep, if you make a mistake, throw that little thing out and keep moving forward. Create a climate of experimentation in which you realize, like I did, I had to be so humble with my big fat PhD where everybody thought, well, you know everything because you have a doctorate in business and management and psychology, social sciences. I had to say, no, no, I'm a learner. I'm a student just like you students. And we're going to create this together. And everybody in the larger circle of my life laughed and said it would never work. But that little startup was in the Philippines uh, in 1989-1990 with three humble students. And we just had a powwow reviewing our work there. We've raised $175 million dollars and created over a million jobs. And we have a paid staff there. And we have a board in the States here. But we've learned we can do things and it'll grow if we feed it and nourish it and we take risks and we take smart steps. What a great concept. Just to summarize, I love what you said about start small. Don't put all your effort into a lot of overhead. Start small. Focus on delivering a great service to your clients and let it grow as you keep adding value. Great advice. Thank you. Now, here's where I promised earlier. What connections, what books or blogs or articles, people, organizations, materials, anything, do you suggest people connect with to learn more and become part of the charitable community? Just take your time and share with us books, et cetera, that you think will help our audience. Sure. Well, one of the wonderful things is there's tons of material in books and journal articles, and so much of it is online. Maybe I could just mention, if you want a lot of sources, you can go to my website, uh, warnerwoodworth.com. And, and let me spell that out. That's W-A-R-N-E-R-W-O-O-D-W-O-R-T-H dot com. I want to make sure that yep. they get it. It'll also be in the show notes, listeners. Great. And there's so there's tons of online articles they can link to and read. Some of them are theoretical. Most of them are practical and hands-on. One of them I wrote with a bunch of students called Small Really Is Beautiful, which we put together a fascinating book about the beginnings of microcredit in, in a dozen different countries. So whether our listeners are in Latin America or Asia or Africa or even the U.S., it has great cases and a lot of research and practical suggestions. My newest book is called Radiant Mormonism, and it draws on my faith as a Latter-day Saint uh, who, who have had 
pioneer ancestors who had to dig themselves out of poverty when they were expulsed from the United States because of their religion. And they came across the plains to the Rocky Mountains and set up what is now called the state of Utah, Salt Lake City, etc. And they, they were hardworking, strategic people who knew they couldn't just depend on someone else to help them. They had to dig out from the ground their own community, their own jobs, men, women, youth, young people. They built their own schools. They built their own society. So I would suggest people may want to take a look at this book, Radiant Mormonism, that has about a dozen recent cases of our work uh, drawing on self-reliance, on developing a vision, on practical tactics, on creating a board, etc. Another couple of books would be those uh, of my colleague and mentor and friend, Dr. Muhammad Yunus of Grameen Bank. He, he's written three or four books on microenterprise and microcredit, which describe how he started as a humble guy in Bangladesh, where, where the country is in tremendous amount of poverty and always has been. And he took off from there by giving tiny, small loans for women. And out of that, created this movement called Microcredit Worldwide. I'm going to just look up the title of his latest book. And while you're looking that up, I went to the website while you were talking, and listeners, he has so many links to wonderful information for you, and everything I saw seemed to be free. He had, uh, I went to one spot just on microfinance. There were 16 different articles and links to organizations. I went to another one on organizational development, community development, and he had another 12 links in there. This is a great website to, to find organizations. He, he lists organizations and links to them. What, uh, did, you, did I stall long enough to, for you to find Dr. Yunus's book? Yeah, there's several, and I was trying to get the several. The most together. recent. His, his first one, 1999, Banker to the Poor, published by Public Affairs Publisher in New York. Five or six years later, he wrote another one called Creating a World Without Poverty. He invited me to contribute some material to that book, Social Business and the Future of Capitalism. Three or four years after that, began to use a new term in this region, this area, this concept of tiny loans, poor women. And the new book 12 years ago is called Building Social Business, a new kind of capitalism that serves humanity's most pressing needs. Th those are a few, and there's a bunch of films on his work and many others. On YouTube, if, right? Yeah, yes. And, and the readers can check out a couple of other great NGOs besides Grameen Bank in Bangladesh and Grameen America in the United States that everybody said wouldn't work because America was too rich. But we're now in 18 cities across the country helping impoverished 
and mostly migrant women and refugee women and Native American women on the reservations and black and Hispanic refugees from Haiti and Puerto Rico and uh, Cuba and other parts of the Americas. There's a huge source out there, and I would suggest to our listeners that they do some work on their own. Don't just think you know how to do this or that you understand poverty, but do some reading, take notes, buy things. I've got PowerPoints that you can use to train your staff as you, as you begin to grow, and uh, there's lots of, lots of material. Probably too much material, Larry. We can't keep track of it all anymore, but, but it's become a huge movement. It is. It's a huge movement. And, and I want to emphasize that while, yes, you can buy things, there is so much to get you started that's free. And one of our principles, I want to remind the listeners, in optimizing connections, inevitably, for almost all dreams, somebody has already achieved your dream, and they're willing to tell you how they did it. And that's where the books by Dr. Muhammad Yunus, by Warner Woodworth, by others can save you so much trial and error because they're willing to share with you what they learned as they made the same dreams you're trying to achieve come true. Yeah, and I'd, I'd be happy for people if they want to email me or whatever. Maybe I can assist them more specifically with concrete questions they have. Would you share your email address real quick? Yeah, it's warnerwoodworth at gmail.com. W-A-R-N-E-R-W-O-O-D-W-O-R-T-H at gmail.com. There's no period. It's all one word. Listeners, please respect the man's time and ask serious questions. <laughs> don't, don't just fill his inbox with requests yeah part two of warner woodworth's contribution his advice his insights are going to focus on what actions you can take what are the typical limitations people run into as they are developing their ngo and where can they get support to synergize with others and make this happen so make sure you listen to part two I hope this has helped, especially Kiswa, Mindy, and all of those of you who are trying to start a charitable movement. Listen to this over and over. Warner has given some amazing insights. I hope it helps. Thank you for listening. I'm Larry Stevenson. And what are you going to do this week to let your dreams work? To reach the unreachable. Stop!